0: There's no way to cure anxiety, so to speak, via mechanical means. There's just absolutely no way to do that. So by mechanical, what that means is that we do X so that Y happens. So in the mechanical domain everything is based on cause and effect like that so we have to learn the right causes to get the right effects and that works in a lot of instances but it doesn't work when it comes to who we are it doesn't come doesn't work when it comes to um, the psychological sphere of things simply because we're not machines. Even though there always has been a reductive tendency to think that it is possible to reduce human beings to machines, that's kind of an old-fashioned notion now. It harks back to what you could call the Newtonian era, when the laws of motion that were proposed by Newton was seen as the ultimate description of reality. But since then, we've realised that there is a non-machine-like aspect to the universe. That there's a machine-like aspect, but that machine-like aspect is kind of um, enfolded or encapsulated within a greater um, reality, which is completely non-mechanical. And um, non-mechanical means we can't see how it works, and we can't describe how it works. That might sound like um, hocus-pocus, but that's how the universe works. Um, it's known as chaos theory or complexity theory, and it just... Um, illustrates how things happen by themselves without anyone interfering. And this business of um, things happening by themselves in a non-causal way without cause and effect is now very much accepted in the world of science. It hasn't filtered through to um, psychology yet. Well, maybe it has a little bit, but not in any, in any big way. But we don't have to study science in order to understand what this non-machine-like aspect of us is. We can p- point to a number of things which are very, very clear and which everyone can um, probably accept quite happily. So, for example, if we were to say, there's no mechanical way to become happy i know method no do x therefore y we can probably see that because you know from long experience both i know from my experience of life that i can't become happy on purpose because i want to and if we study if we study the whole of history we can see that this has been understood and and It's never been the case. If it had been the case that we would have discovered a mechanical method to be happy, it would have been discovered and we'd all be happy. So that's a very clear argument. Being happy might seem like a vague thing. We might say, well, it's just chemicals in the brain, which would be true if um, we were robots or machines. We could say, yes, it's just chemicals, nothing more. That's the reductive approach. But we can, also, we can also look at other things which might make it a bit and um, expand the field of what we're talking about. You can't, we can't care about someone on purpose. We can't be compassionate on purpose. We can't love someone on purpose. The capacity to love Is not susceptible to manipulation by the logical mind, by the rational mind, and I doubt very much if there's anybody that's going to argue with that, not unless you're a very, very hard-line um, um, materialist, in which case you could say there's no such thing as love, and that love is just chemicals in the brain, and. Absolutely, some people will say that. But if we find ourselves in the position of alienating ourselves from um, this most essential part of human life, which is love, and somehow perversely writing it off as as mere chemicals, then we're actually in a very mentally unhealthy state. We've alienated ourselves. We've divorced ourselves from what, on a very deep level, we know isn't just chemicals. Or as Jung calls it, nothing but. Oh, it's nothing but this. Oh, it's nothing but that. So the thinking mind loves to explain things away. That's what it does. It's a machine for putting everything in packages and parcels and boxes and neatly tying a ribbon around them. So it it loves to do that. It would love to explain away everything. Déjà vu is explained by talking about... um, Physical mechanisms in the brain and signals reaching at different, going from one part of the brain to the other part at different speeds. Religious experiences, similarly, uh, and art is explained away as some kind of adaptive phenomenon. Um, Evolutionary psychologists such as Steven Pinker make a very determined effect to, um, effort to explain away humour as an adaptive uh, mechanism that we evolved purely for the sake of um, passing on our genes better. People that have the gift of or the ability or the genetically endowed capacity to make jokes they pass their genes on better because maybe they can defuse tricky situations and avoid fights, avoid Being killed. So that's the argument. But on the whole, it's not a very um, satisfying or appealing argument. And we can see that actually it's just the thinking mind wanting to put everything in boxes because that's the only time it's going to be happy. The thinking mind cannot tolerate things that haven't been categorised, things that haven't been rubber-stamped. The thinking mind is like the ultimate um, bureaucratic machine in that respect. If it's not in the right box, or if it's not in any box, it irritates us a lot. And so we want to, we're so keen for everything to be in the right box. We'd we'd prefer to do that and annihilate at a stroke everything that's mysterious and poetical about the universe, just for the satisfaction of um due bureaucratic process which is a really strange thing to consider then we have the satisfaction of saying yes i've explained it all away but we've explained life away and there's nothing left for us then except to sit there smug in 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 our illusory deluded feeling that we've explained stuff away so what we're saying here is that all of the important things about being a person, whether it's having a sense of humour, being creative, being um, loving, being happy, being um, able to have intuitions that are not amenable to, to rational analysis. This whole side of ourselves is not a machine. It doesn't obey machine laws. It doesn't come at our beck and call. It doesn't have anything to do with cause and effect. So once we do understand this, and it's not too hard to get, we just have to break free from the um, the straitjacket of outmoded thinking that is outmoded because it was based on the science of 100 years ago, 150 years ago, really. If we can break free from that, which isn't too hard to do because it's all, we're already culturally moving beyond it. Science has moved beyond it. Then we can see, yes, okay, we aren't machines. There is no machine-like answer to our difficulties in mental health. There's no algorithm. There's no formula. There's no cut-and-dry generic response. And we can see this so clearly if we step aside from the mechanistic worldview. So in that case. Assuming that we are happy to step out of the mechanistic worldview for however long, maybe only just for a few minutes to consider the alternatives. We could say, well, what we do, what do we do if there's no mechanical thing to do, do do X so that Y happens when you have this problem to this simple trick, as they keep on saying on the Internet. Well, the answer is to get better, or to pay more attention to this business of actually living in a non-mechanical way. Because even though we're not machines, we live in a mechanical way. We're part of a mechanical, standardized society. And as time goes on, we become more and more mechanical in our nature. Even though it's not our real nature, we still become more mechanical. And if we were to doubt this, which we could very easily do, because it's not a nice thing to take on board, all we'd have to do is just spend a little bit of time watching small children and how they are in the world, and then watching a bunch of adults and how they are. Children are spontaneous. They they, they don't calculate what they're doing. They don't go over it. They're not trying to produce a effect, they're not not trying to pretend to be anything or pass themselves off, they're not playing a game. And that quality of not living through um, the mechanical thinking mind shines. We all recognise it instantaneously, we know what that is. And what is it? It's simply life. That's what life looks like. It's spontaneous. It's not heavy and serious. It's not always looking for some goal. It's not always acting upon an agenda. It's completely spontaneous. And that is the beauty in it. There's no beauty in anything that is non-spontaneous. It's only drudgery. It's only mechanical type stuff. Which leads on to more mechanical type stuff. Which is essentially a prison for consciousness. Therefore. So then we look at adults and we can see that that's. We don't see life so much, we see levels and levels, layers and layers of masks, of personas. And that childlike aspect of us, which isn't, which is more than just um, a child in the sense of how old we are, it's a child in the sense of being spontaneous and free from thoughts, constraints. We can see that that child is pretty much gone. For most of us, whether we like to admit it or not, we do kind of know it That's the unhappy state of adulthood, where we take a bunch of societal rules very, very seriously and become miserable as a result, and non-creative and non-compassionate and non-humorous and so on. So if we can see that then what we're seeing is that we're seeing the process of mechanisation, we're seeing the process of increasing predictability and behaviour and thinking, that increase of entropy, in other words. So if we can see that, and we can very easily see it if we actually take the time, then that steers us in the direction of trying to become more more like we were, even though we can't purposefully do it, we can say that that's where we went wrong, that's where we lost it, took a wrong path, and that awareness in itself, which is not a a mechanism, it's not a means to an end, that awareness in itself is extraordinarily helpful, because nothing can happen without it.